What's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. Today on the show, we're talking to Nancy Tilbury of XO. When it comes to fashion tech and wearables, Nancy is a visionary with more than 20 years' experience creating content worn on the body. Under the name Studio XO, Nancy, along with her team, have developed a reputation for making one-off costume and performance pieces for the likes of Lady Gaga, the Black Eyed Peas, and Azealia Banks, to name a few. Remember Gaga's David Bowie tribute performance at the Grammys? What about her flying dress? How about the Black Eyed Peas interactive light costumes? That's all the magic of Studio XO. Now, they're parking the studio bit and scaling up under the name XO. With Nancy's creative vision leading the way, XO is bringing fashion from the stage to the streets, creating wearables that sit at the intersection of fashion, technology, and music for the masses, specifically for Generation Z. Right now, my conversation with Nancy Tilbury recorded at PCH Highway 1 in sunny San Francisco. So Nancy, welcome to the show. Hi, nice to be here. So for those who don't know, what is Studio XO? So Studio XO is actually going to become XO. So it's just going to be, uh, we're going to archive the studio piece and that will look after our kind of long history of working with music artists. But XO is going to be a connected brand of clothing for Gen Z. And so we're here at PCH. Describe your journey getting to this space and what you're doing here. So we're very well known for making one-off pieces for music artists and brands and making experiential that have big wows, what you people call halo projects. And we're here taking a specific piece of technology and scaling it. Are you allowed to talk about what that is? Not too much, but uh, (laughs) it's in the fan space, so it's tapping into a lot of our legacy of working with music artists. Benjamin, my business partner, and I, we we were touring with the Black Eyed Peas at the very beginning of the incarnation of Studio XO. We stood side a stage at the Stade de France, and once our synchronised costumes were all working, we checked that everything was ready to go, the Big Bang moment happened, the crowd is cheering at these costumes that are animating, and we look back at 80,000 people, every phone in the audience was up, and a kind of shiver of emotion, and we thought, wow, let's, let's harness that, you know, we dress the artist, but let's also dress the crowd. So you're looking at something at the fusion of not only fashion and technology, but also music. Very much, yeah. You know, people are talking about culture tech at the moment, and I'd say as much as we, we're in, interested in wearable tech and that will be a vehicle, we are a culture tech company because our work does sit at the intersection of art, design, music, technology. So tell me about some of the music artists that you've worked with. So we work a lot with Lady Gaga. We dip in and out, out of being in the house of Gaga, which is a really, it's a fabulous world to live in. Uh, and mostly because... Lady Gaga is one of the most inspiring creative directors I've ever, ever had the opportunity to work with. And the team there with Richie and Ruth and everybody that's in the collective, we get to do some extraordinary things. So we've just completed a piece that was dedicated to David Bowie for the Grammys using Intel's amazing technologies, which was got a lot of interest. Uh, similarly, we worked with the Black Eyed Peas at the beginning of our career. I hear rumours that they're going to come back, so hopefully there'll be another project. We've also worked with Azealia Banks, which was fun, you know, particularly at the point where her career was really taking off. She wanted to be a digital mermaid, and we attempted to, to make her one, and her fans are extraordinary. You know, we got a lot of heat from them talking to us about the piece that we made that she toured, so that was fabulous. 
also Arcade Fire. It was an amazing, amazing job that we did with them, with Moment Factory. And there was this collective idea of making a cube that the band could wear and they could customise content every night. And if we think about what we're doing now with our brands, customising content on the body, they, they were really inspiring because every city that they went to, they showed us something new. They made these very diverse, sometimes challenging statements from city to city with what they visualised on this wearable cube. So they were amazing. So I want to touch on this idea of content on the body because it's obviously something that I'm fascinated with right now. You have a long history of making content on the body. How did you get into this yourself? I understand that you've been making wearable technology since the 90s. Yeah, so I I began my career at Philips and I helped them build a wearable tech lab in the UK and the US where we were interfacing a lot to the media laboratory and partnering with people there like Maggie Orth and uh, Rosalind Picard's group. I did a project with them called the Galvactivator where we measured hundreds of people in an audience, their emotion, which was truly inspiring. So whilst I was studying, I studied women's wear at the Royal College. I did very little women's wear. I built a jacket with, I took some technology from a company called Dallas Semiconductors, which you now see, it's a tiny chip that you can put a little bit of content on and people use them in bars to access information. And I took this chip and I built it into a jacket and built a narrative around disclosing information that you wear. And I showed it to a very, very, very big celebrity designer who at the time, 20 years ago, was like, no one's ever going to wear content on the body like this. So... I've been on a quest to prove him wrong, which is, you know, increasingly, when you look at what people are doing with Twitter on the body, that's not really something I think the next generation of consumer wants. I think when we think about the culture of Instagram and curating content, if you think about Nike ID and what happened 10 years ago where sneaker artists who emerged, it's that kind of culture, I think where we can display content on the body. We'll see sneak freaks, illustrators, fashion designers, you know, customising prints and content that glitches, hacking brands. That kind of content is what's going to be fascinating. So we are creating a vehicle, a platform for users to do that. And so why do you think it is that wearable technology is debuting on the stage right now before it's making its way to mass market? I think, I mean, there's a couple of practical reasons why it is, but, you know, music is made up of so many creative people, particularly the kind of force field around a band or an artist who have big ideas. There's a lot of showmanship, and wearable tech lends itself to that showmanship, particularly if you're asked to do things around light and display. What happened 10 years ago in LED tech, where the artist just was shrinking on the stage, you know, they, they were, you know, it was very, very difficult to see them, and, and, you know, some visualisations on their body really helped bring the stage to life. We certainly learned that with the Black Eyed Peas because they had such a big stage show performance that was made up of lots of light architecture, lots of display architecture. So to have their bodies physically control light and content was, was really interesting. You know, in many ways it was a world first. So I think, you know, music evokes so much emotion, as does fashion. But I think, you know, they, they needed to create those big halo projects to show off what they can do when music and technology merge. And I think there's nothing wrong with showing off because uh, it creates these really spectacular, wonderful memories for their fans. And, and certainly working with Gaga, when you build a spectacular or a halo piece, 
one of my favourite things when a fan sends you a drawing of something that you've like, co-created with the House of Gaga because they're such dedicated fans and then they say to you could you make this or can we make that you know that's so so inspiring it's just to get the imagination going it totally and that's what really makes us want to build a community as well you know that kind of grassroots where they want to wear back what they're seeing in the moment. They want to, you know, kind of feel the senses, the smell, the touch, the taste of that artist. We're seeing that with Snapchat, you know, how artists are kind of opening up behind the scenes. And, you know, we want to all feel connected to that. There's something really special and magical. So you were saying that EXO right now is working on connecting the fans and bringing them into that experience in a way that's not just for the moment, in a, a way that is maybe a wearable that has a memory, just like our clothes have memory. What are the challenges right now of going from making maybe a one-of-a-kind piece or four-of-a-kind, an example of the Black Eyed Peas, on stage to something that is for the masses? Well, all of the, all of the same issues that any of these big tech companies face in making wearables wearable. So wearables aren't very wearable, let's be honest, still yet. Uh, so we face those challenges. So we have to bring great design to the fore. That's what's absolutely critical because you know, make, make creating an experience, not just in the physical, but in the digital world and making those things combine together to shape those memories, to make them last, to make them meaningful is, is absolutely key, is critical. That's something that we are hell-bent, we would say, in England on getting right, you know, that, that relationship between the physical digital and the, in this kind of internet of things world. I don't think we're really challenged by the stitching and, and the soft goods creation because we're beginning to show that in our ready-to-wear work. So, you know, we're making a line of products with a partner in New York, a big retailer there at the moment, and we showed those during New York Fashion Week. And in manufacturing, the components seem to be there. The soft good processes are starting to be there because there's so much work going on in Shenzhen in the kind of convergence between textiles and technology. But great design is not there. And that's where we believe XO, that we have a bit of an edge because we are really a design organisation. And I think that it's so important to bring that piece, the design piece, because I think there's this misunderstanding right now in fashion tech, and maybe you'll agree with me, maybe you won't, but I think there's this misunderstanding that when we say fashion tech, it means that we have to make the wearables pretty. People think of aesthetics when they think of fashion, and I think certainly, yes, we want it to be something that we want to wear and something that we want to wear all day. But I think that when you add the word design, to me anyways, it's more than just about how it looks. It's about the whole experience of it and a consideration for the human body that goes beyond, you know, aesthetics. Totally. You know, I, I think, you know, we had this conversation before about, you know, constantly looking at a piece of silicon and wishing it would be silk. We're not there yet. We're still, I'd say, at least three to five years away from fully epidermal, flexible electronics that do the things that you or I imagine wearable technology or fashion technology could do. It has to embody emotion. The things that we love about fashion and the things it represents... So, you know, when you, when you talk about memory and character, it's like, you know, your favourite vintage dress. You know, that's how I always think when I'm designing it. You know, it's not that it necessarily has to be precious, but it has to be iconic. And you have to care. You have to want to wear it as much as you're, like you're wearing a gorgeous gold necklace. That you've selected that today, you know, based on the, the kind of persona, the mood, the feeling. And we need to think much more about wearable technology in that way. 
And I think we, we really have to think about the next generation and how they live and how they're going to want to customise their tech, transform it. And, and fa- even fashion needs to catch up with that. I don't think fashion is fully, you know, I don't think it totally understands the zeitgeist of where it's going to go as you know, the things that happen in epidermal electronics merge into textile technology where a new category for me, fashion technology in the sense of wearable fashionable technology or luxury designer wearable technology as some people are calling it. It's, it's a new category, it's made up of new people, hybrid people, I would call kind of hybrid designers who are part engineer, part textile expert, part fashion designer, part tailor, coder. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about that generation. You're focused on Gen Z. Do you think that this is going to be the generation that embraces wearables? And if so, why? I just think they're ready. They're looking at their sneakers saying, why aren't they on the grid? You know, I have two children of my own. So particularly my eldest son who's about to turn 11 is like my muse. You know, every day he's asking for something else wearable to happen. He's obsessed with VR, wants to buy an Apple Watch. There, There's aspiration from, from that generation. Like we were just talking about these light-up sneakers that are everywhere. That's what they want. That's what they want to buy into. They're not as nostalgic as the generation before. They're actually very futuristic mm. because they've been touching the surfaces of devices and they're responding to their fingertips. And they're just looking at their bodies, asking you know, their clothes, you know, the things in their near environment to do more, to be more, to merge the experiences they're having in the kind of mobile world onto their body. And so you're creating products for them. Do you have any commercially available products right now? We're working on some. So we've been working with V-Files in New York. and We showcased a cap and a rucksack, which we're working towards commercializing. This is a product that links to the XO app. You can change the color of the surface of, of your clothes. They also link to your music platforms and they beat to the rhythm of music. So we're going through a process at the moment of scaling those technologies and hoping as quickly as possible with all the challenges that, that we might face to get those to market and get retailers on board. And I saw them at the tech conference that we originally met at and they're really, really fun. I want to get them as soon as they're available. So you're from London, but you're looking to set up in America, as I understand it. Any hunch in terms of where you're going to settle? Well, that's a very good question. And what's really important is the proximity to the creative industries. And and there's a lot happening here in San Francisco. I'm super excited. that I've been to quite a few events while I've been here and there's an appetite. Like you, I think there's a real opportunity in San Francisco. It's an untapped territory here in terms of fashion meets technology with the talent that you have here in tech. But you know, we found you know our partners that are in New York. You know, there's there's always like street style is still so strong in New York City. So you know, there's a draw towards kind of a coastal draw, which where where we'll land. And and you know, the jury is out whether whether we will even leave London because culturally, London is really hot and there's a lot happening in in fashion technology. So there are there are some companies that are emerging there that have recently got funding in this space. So, you know, we, we're kind of open. It, if Benjamin was sitting here, he's building a global brand, so he wants to live between London and San Francisco. So what we'll see, you know, we'll really see, it's, it's all about getting traction and really putting the products in the hands of consumers everywhere in the world. And yeah, only time will tell, right? Yeah, and so you're part of this Highway 1 Accelerator program that's here at PCH. What have you gotten out of this program that you didn't have before? This program is extraordinary. So, you know, we're not really a startup, we're a scale-up. And what we did culturally as an organisation before we came is we were very much about 
beginning again and, and being really open to collaboration with the, the skills and the knowledge and the know-how. So I think we're the seventh cohort, which I think is a really good time to be here because people have trodden the path before you and they've had some great successes. Blaze being a, a company who's like a bike light company who came from London. I think that XO are going through a process of not just scaling up, but growing up. You know, we, we dart about, we do all these amazing projects and we you know, we'll jump from one concept to the next, you know, constantly feeding our machine. And this has helped us really think and shape our business model, shape our proposition, uh, get us very ready to be the business that we want to be. We've got ambitions to be the next Beats by Dre or you know, Apple meets fashion. You know, we're not taking our foot off the gas on that. We want to build a really big culture tech brand. And this environment is fearless and helping us realise that dream. So we'll see on Demo Day. You know, we know with Demo Day that it's an important day to both educate and share your vision. And I think we'll be very ready, having gone through the process with these particular experts, to do that, both from a manufacturing and retail point of view, and then a solid business model. Well, good luck with it. Thank it's, you. It sounds like there's a lot of work going on as well. There's really. a lot, yeah. yeah. In addition to dreaming, I mean, I can imagine how busy you we must know, we be. We won't stop dreaming. Like, no, you know, we love making not. magic. And I suppose what we want to do is, you know, it's nice that you use that word because we want to create the tools so people can dream. And it's not just about the dreams of the big artists we work with. It's really about putting dreams in everybody's pocket and giving them those their own memories. So it's a lovely word. That gets used a lot, and magic and alchemy and the kind of spirit of wearables, the emotional wearables, that are, that, that's what we're really interested in, is that kind of energy, excitement, emotion, rather than really understanding health. And, well, I think our stuff is about wellness because it's going to make people really happy. So Nancy, one thing I like to ask us on the program before we wrap it up is, what do you think fashion can learn from technology and vice versa, what do you think technology can learn from fashion? Do you know what, to me, they're, they're actually very similar industries in that they, you know, when you're at a corporate level, so having worked for Philips, I think what fashion really needs is research labs and I'm not the only one to be saying this a few other peers in, in the field have been saying this too and you know, having worked in a you know created a fashion lab for Philips if I was LVMH that's what I would be doing you know I, I would be really looking at the way that technology companies are shaped how they do R&D not necessarily just investing in what you're selling season to season is having more foresight having labs and groups who are able to you know they have the Google X group you know really caring and those big fashion houses should think about their own kind of caring X so that they can navigate into the future and really understand what their custom might look like in 20 years and not 18 months and then vice versa I think technology can be more emotional and I think that culturally what goes on in, in fashion organisations fashion is a very often very estrogen heavy it's a very emotional organism so you know when, when you're designing you design on instinct particularly if you know you're in some of those big houses that are leading the way at the cutting edge of someone like Alexander McQueen or Hussein Chalain it really is based on instinct and I think emotion can be better understood in tech and, and then subsequently in product design and tech could learn more from taking on its kind of feminine side. I feel that tech can often be very testosterone heavy and I don't mean that it's lots of men working in tech companies but I think 
that tech predominantly ends up being very masculine. Yeah, I understand that. So Nancy, how can people stay in touch with you and follow you and XO? So we've just launched our new Snapchat, which is XO World Official. So that's a great place to see what's going on behind the scenes. It's quite lively and it's very raw and real. And the same XO World Official on Twitter and on Instagram. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. No, it's great to speak to you. And best of luck with your adventure. Thank you. That was my conversation with Nancy Tilbury recorded at PCH Highway 1 in San Francisco. For images of everything you heard in the program, check out electricrunway.com. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, here's looking towards the future.